to the teaching ministry of Pastor Jay Eberly. Get ready to be empowered through the understanding of God's Word. Second Timothy, the first chapter. And let's get in the Word tonight. What do you say? Second Timothy, the first chapter. I'm going to pick up on some things I was sharing on on Sunday. And uh, just uh, back, actually on the way home from Colorado, it just came up in my heart. Well, it came up in my heart in Colorado, but then on the way home again, it came up in my heart to do some teaching on some of the things we talked about on Sunday, about our thought life, and um, <clears throat> even some of the things I just shared in the offering. So we're going to get into it. I get amazed at how you and me can sit under the Word and still not address the very issues that are being addressed in our service. I'm not just talking about you. I'm talking about it's amazing how something can be so rutted in our lives that we hear the Word, bob our head, and say amen. And, and still walk out and never make a change. What that tells me is that we are so engrafted in and enrooted in that we've got to keep on talking about it until finally we even, first of all, you've got to identify what it is that's controlling your decision-making processes. And I just want to get into some more of this tonight, talking about fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear. Say that out loud. Amen. He's not, God, there's a whole lot of it out there in the world. And you have to recognize that a lot of things that are said on the news uh, and, and is out there in the world is probably one of the most dominating things in our society, fear. Amen. So um, let's dig in it a little bit tonight and see if we can uh, recognize some things. How many of you know the Bible says that the Word of God is a sharp two-edged sword? It pierces to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and joins and matters as a discerner, King James says, of the thoughts and intents of the heart. It means in the Greek, revealer of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The only way you can identify something that maybe has been so much a part of your life that you just think it's your personality the only way you're going to be able to identify things like that and recognize what has kept you from progressing spiritually or stepping out and obeying God in areas of your life or prosperity or any, any of these things is just through constant meditation of the Word of God. That's what that verse there in Hebrews, we just quoted it, the fourth chapter, the 11th, or is it the 12th verse? Um, it says that uh, the, the Word is powerful and it's sharper and it's a divider and a revealer of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. You can be motivated by by something that has controlled your life for years and not even realize that that's what's motivating it, that it's something spiritual motivating you, such as fear. You understand what I'm talking about? Or intimidation. People's whole personalities have been formed by intimidation. Am I? Y'all understand what I'm talking about? Now, um... Go over with me to the book of 1 John. We'll get back here to 2 Timothy. But let's just start in a little different area here or a little different place. 1 John chapter number 3. This is a passage the Lord showed me recently about, um, and the Amplified is particularly what I want to read it out of, but I want to show you in the King James first of all. 1 John chapter 3. Notice verse number 11. This is the message that we've heard from the beginning. 
that we should love one another, not as Cain, who was of that wicked one, and slew his brother. <clears throat> and wherefore slew he him? Because his own works were evil, and his brothers were righteous. It talks about Cain here. It says, who was of, the King James says, who was of that wicked one. Isn't that right? Now, the Amplified says that Cain took his nature and got his motivation from the evil one. Look at that term. Got his motivation from the evil one. Amen. Amen. You can have things motivating you that you're not even aware that it's motivating you. I've watched people, <clears throat> I've stood and watched them with my own eyes, yield to an evil spirit and then snap out of it and not even realize they just yielded to an evil spirit. I've watched that. I've watched Christians. I've watched tongue-talking Christians do that. I've watched church running, run the aisles Christians do that. <laughs> well, how could they do that? Yield to the Holy Spirit and then yield to another spirit, just like Peter did. Remember? He said, Thou art the Christ. Jesus said, Flesh and blood hasn't revealed it, but the Father in heaven done it, revealed it. And then a few verses later, he's rebuking Jesus, and Jesus turns around and says, Get behind me, Satan. In other words, he's yielding to the enemy. First, he's yielding to God, and then he's yielding to the enemy. Amen. 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 <clears throat> How many of you know Satan can't make you do anything? But some people are so accustomed. You see, if you grew up with that, that in your home, growing up, and your, your family, your mom and your dad, they yielded to that thing over and over and over again. Before you know it, it's oppressing you and you're acting that way and not even realizing that that's a spirit that's... No, I didn't say you're demon-possessed. I mean, <clears throat> you don't understand the difference. If you've never been to church here, you might think I'm talking about we have to cast the devil out of people. Well, no, not necessarily. Just stop, get them to stop yielding to that spirit. Amen. Sphere is a spirit that Christians yield to and don't even realize they're being controlled by it. I know of marriages that the whole marriage is controlled by fear. Whole marriage is controlled by fear. One of them is manipulating the other one through fear. One of them is afraid that if I do this and obey God in this area, then my husband or my wife, they're going to fly off the handle and get in the flesh and break furniture and do stuff like that. And so they never step out. The whole marriage is based on fear. It's time that we start identifying these things. I said it before, and I'll say it again. How about you? Well, why do well, you keep saying it? Because we need to recognize this. Don't wait for the devil to come with a red pajama suit and a pitchfork and a forked tail to say, oh, that's the devil. What am I? I was thinking about that when I went home. I keep saying that and saying that. Last Sunday I said that. I, keep think, I thought, why do I keep saying that? And the Lord said, because the, what I'm trying to have you tell them is learn to recognize the enemy. Let everybody say recognize. recognize. Say it big. Recognize, recognize the enemy when he comes. In other words, just, come, just fear and doubt. That's the enemy. You know? Hello? We need to recognize those things. And oh, we're doing so much better. Turn to your neighbor and say, we're proud of you. You're doing so much better. But we need to keep on going. <clears throat> Amen. So this is what the, ver the verse talks about in the King James. He was of that wicked one, Cain was. But the Amplified says he was motivated. He got his motivation from the, the evil one. Amen. You know Satan can send people your way motivated by the evil one and you don't even recognize and identify. Say recognize, recognize. that that person was sent to you by the enemy. Yeah. 
No, I didn't say maybe they're de- I didn't maybe they're not demon possessed, but but I'm just saying they're motivated by the enemy. Motivated. See, there's different levels of demon activity. We're not trying to glorify the devil tonight. You understand Jesus is greater than he, he that's in the world. And he's in us. Praise God. We're not afraid. If we recognize things, we don't have to be afraid. But uh, the, the issue is that people can be sent that are motivated by the enemy. And whenever you react to them, you're being controlled by Satan. Y'all here tonight? It's just practical stuff. Like somebody who is a manipulator. In other words, they threaten, if you don't do this for me, then I'm going to kill myself. Well, bye. Well, you wouldn't do that, would you? Well, see, it's manipulation. You've you got to learn to identify. Hello? <laughs> That's fear trying to, oh, oh, oh i got to do it. <laughs> see, so you got, got afraid. They might kill themselves. See, that's manipulation, and that's fear. And to yield to that is to listen to it and be controlled by the enemy. Well, just call the police and say, hey, they threatened to kill themselves. Go over there and check them out. (laughs) You know, you probably have an obligation legally to do that. But you know what I'm talking about. It's time to start recognizing people that are controlled by the enemy. Amen. People that fly into anger fits and, and uh, make people afraid of them so they can get their way, that's a spirit, and they're manipulating, and that's, that's, that's something that we need not yield to. You just need to tell them, you can break furniture if you want to, but I'm not changing. I'm doing what God told me to do. And if it goes too far, you, you'll have to come see me at another place. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. Everybody still loves pastor? So we need to learn to identify things. Tell your neighbor again, we need to learn to identify things. Now, fear is a spirit. Remember back there in 2 Timothy now. Go back there. Let's just look at this. Remember Jesus um, spoke over and over again whenever he would minister to people. He'd say, fear not. Uh, One time Jesus was ministering. He was on his way to minister to... uh, Jairus' daughter, and then they came and said, she's dead. Don't trouble the master anymore. And Jesus wheeled around immediately and said, fear not, fear not. See, fear was trying to get in there to rob him of his miracle. Jesus over and over. And when angels come, most of the time the first thing they say is fear not. Because they're so big and strong and powerful and overwhelming, people need huggies. You know, ooh. (laughs) Fear not, fear not, fear not. You know. But uh, Satan does have fear. He is uh, a fearful creature, meaning he tries to make people afraid. Look here in 2 Timothy chapter 1. We'll just start in verse 5. I call to remembrance uh, the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. He's talking to Timothy here. He said, when I call to remembrance your faith, he said, I put you in, uh, in verse 6, wherefore put I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. What is that gift of God? Well, it could be a couple of things. You can look at Paul's writings to Timothy and see that he laid hands on him to be filled with the Holy Ghost and also laid hands on him to be, uh, to, to, from impartation into the ministry. Amen. Impartation for serving in the ministry. Y'all still with me? 
So stir up the gift of God. It, it had something to do with the Holy Ghost in his life. Stir up the Holy Ghost. Do you need, you know, sometimes people say, uh, uh, you know, I just need somebody to lay hands on me. And he's telling us here, stir up what's already on the inside of you. People sometimes pray and say, God, send the fire. Well, stir up the fire that's already in you. What is it, the Amplified? I don't have it here in front of me, but it says the inner flame, you know, the stir up the inner flame. But, uh, I'm not praying for fire. I'm stirring up the fire that's already in me. Now, maybe fire for somebody else. I can ask God, Lord, may they be baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire, you know. But I'm, I'm, not talk, I'm talking about myself. I don't have to pray for fire. Oh, Lord, send the fire. Well, how about what he's already sent? That, that the embers are burning down, you know. <laughs> Amen. Stir it up. Because of the faith that's in you, stir up the gift of God that's in thee by the putting on of my hands. For, notice he's connecting what he's about to say to what he just said. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Everybody say, I have no fear. See, we're talking about what's inside of us. Fear can attack us from the outside. But the, we, we just need to learn to not yield to that Amen. when it comes. Because he's not given us that. It's not from God. But we have a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. Now, notice what it, he's putting verse 6 and 7, actually verse 5, 6 and 7 together. And what he's saying to us is that whenever we stir things up, it's going to stir something else up that's going to make you afraid to keep stirring. When you stir up, notice he said, stir up the gift of God which is in thee. When you stir up what's inside of you, what's in your heart, what God's saying, this is what I want you to do, and you begin to step out. Have you ever noticed that the devil stirs things up on the outside of you that aren't on the inside of you to try to get you afraid? And get you to back off of what you've been stirring. Now calm down. Just be, just, 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 just be, just sit by and sing kumbaya. And let the Lord, let the Lord come by. And if he wants to bless you, bless you. Don't need to do any stirring here. Notice all the problems that stirs up. You know what I'm talking about. Tries to get you to back off. And get you to stop stirring. Because it stirs up the devil. It stirs up the opposition. It stirs up fear. I'm confronting some things in my life right now. Things we were stepping out in back in the late 90s, and God said, okay, now, it's time to get out into it again. And I start pressing, and boy, stuff, I'm talking about in the spirit realm, not necessarily people, you understand, but in the spirit realm, thoughts and fears and anxieties about everything that's stirred up back there is going to all get stirred up again. And fear wants me to say, I'll just cool it here. I'll just, I'll just stay comfortable where I am and wants to get me to just chill. That's what fear is trying to do to me. But I'm not doing it. I'm <laughs> because I found out God's not the one talking to me through that fear. He's not leading me through that fear. He's leading me with what's in my heart. And every time I stir that up, it smacks me. But that's not God trying to get me to back off of it. Am I preaching all right? So it's a spirit. And it'll attack your mind. Thoughts will come. And they'll try to get into your spirit, try to get you afraid on the inside. How many of you know what I'm talking about? If it does, it's defeated you. Fear will defeat you to get you to back off. Amen. Now, what we've got to recognize is feelings of fear, or how many of you know there's the voice of fear? 
Fear can talk to you. I wouldn't do that. You know, you know what happened last time you stepped out like that. That voice of fear or the feelings of fear do not equal you being in fear. Just because you're hearing the voice of fear or you have the feelings of, oh my goodness, what's going to happen if I step out into, the, you know, I have this business in my heart. Well, you understand it might not be time yet, but if you do know it's time and you go to step out and all those fears hit you, you got to realize you're not in fear just because it's smacking you and, and hitting your thought life. There's a difference between it coming to you and then you picking it up and turning it over and speaking it and, and believing it and all of those things. All who succeed do so with fear trying to tell them they're not going to succeed. It's not the voice of fear that keeps you from succeeding. It's, it's backing off because of that voice. Amen. Hallelujah. So the feelings of fear or the voice of fear do not equal you being in fear. That's just an attack of the enemy. The Bible says give no place to the, the devil. Well, if, that's, if, if the spirit of fear is the enemy, which it is, I believe there are specific spirits called fear spirits, but all of them are fearful. They all, they all try to make people afraid. The, but my point is if that attack Whenever it comes, if just the feelings are you in fear, then anytime it comes, you're in fear and you have to repent. But that's not the case. You have to recognize that just it coming against you is not you receiving it. It doesn't equal you receiving it. Amen. So the feelings don't equal receiving it, don't equal being in fear. It's an attack of the enemy. Neither give place to the devil. That, I mean, why would it say don't give place to the devil if there aren't times he's trying to get you to give him place and those are the times that he tries to tell you well see now you're in fear you're in fear no not necessarily just because it's coming against you uh, it's what you do with it when it comes that determines whether it gets inside of you or not it begins to control you amen it's your job to not let it in you see, feelings of fear don't equal you being in fear any more than feelings of faith make you in, put you in faith. You know, you just have everything's going honky-dory and wonderful and fine, you know, week after week, and you think, whoo, look at my faith. Wah, bah, 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 bah. You know, look at me, I'm doing great. <laughs> and you, the feelings of faith make you think you're in faith until wham. Somebody says something about you and your name's, you know, mud and all that, you know, or something bad happens. And then you don't have the feelings of being in faith anymore, but that doesn't mean you were in faith because you had the feelings. You might have been walking by sight and the feelings of everything going good and there wasn't any faith to it. Might. I'm not saying you were, but it could be. You just have to. That's not what makes everything going okay doesn't equal faith. Amen. So the feelings of fear don't equal you being in fear any more than the feelings of faith make you in faith. Now, go over here to 2 Corinthians chapter 7. We're just digging around in some things. I don't know how long we'll stay on this subject, but at least until Christian gets it. <laughs> oh, I'm just having fun. He's up here on the front row. You know, this is the pick on the front. Everybody in the front row gets picked on, you know. 2 Corinthians 7, verse number 5. I will say this, I still have to deal with, all of us are still having to get this stuff out of our lives to some degree or another. 
2 Corinthians 7, verse number 5. Notice what Paul said. For when we were come into Macedonia, our flesh had no rest, but we were troubled on every side. Without were fightings. Other translations say wranglings or quarrels. Within were fears. So notice Paul described what fear tries to do. It tries to get in. You understand that? It tries to get in. There's outward attacks and there's attacks against your inner man. Things that are trying to get into your inner man. Amen. The things like fear are spiritual. They're spirits. It's a spirit. Fear is a spirit. The Bible said so. And it's trying to, to put your spirit in knots. People sometimes talk about their stomach being in knots. They can even feel it physically. A spirit of fear get a hold of somebody and their physical body can even feel it tightens up, you know. But it's trying to get a hold of your spirit. No, he can't get into your spirit, uh, you know, without the person denying Christ. And you haven't done that. But it's trying to, from the outside, trying to lock your spirit up to where it won't function right. That's the goal of fear. To where you go to try to believe God and just fear controls you. You can't even, you can't even do it. Am I in the right room? So it'll hit you sometimes and it'll hit you uh, like a freight train sometimes. I've woken up at night before and, and fear just smacked me on the head. It's real. You can, I mean, it's almost in the natural realm, tangible. So it'll hit you sometimes. That's one of his strategies. The Bible said don't be ignorant of his devices. He tries to hit you and overwhelm you at times. Uh, that's, he wants to overwhelm your senses. He wants to overwhelm your emotions. It's part of his strategy. He wants to alarm you. He wants to, um, and a lot of times it comes when words are spoken. You heard Dr. Dufresne talk about whenever they said to him back, what is that, 99, well, anyway, a few years ago, 10 years ago or more, uh, he was, the doctor said, it's cancer. Remember what he said? That fear hit him. Anybody ever had something like that happen? You hear a doctor's report, or, or the lawyer says this, or the banker says this, or whatever. Oftentimes, the way he tries to get in is through words. Are y'all in this? Are you hearing what I'm saying tonight? When a report comes, that's what happened to Jairus. Remember, he heard the report. He's he's walking by faith. He's he's believing Jesus is going to raise his daughter up, and then he got that report. She's dead. Fear must have hit him because Jesus wheeled around and said, "Fear not. Fear not. Fear not." In other words, that thing must have smacked him whenever that report came. That's how fear tries to get in. It tries to get in through words. Words that are spoken, bad reports. Now, the Bible says in Psalm 112, verse number 7, that um, I just want you to go to this. Is is it all right if we just dig around in this a little bit? Look at Psalm 112 and verse number 7. Be a verse for you to mark down. And actually, some of us should be just speaking this one over and over and over again. Actually, let's go back to the verse before that. Verse 6, surely he shall not be moved forever. The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He shall not be afraid until he see his desire upon his enemies. Notice those terms, not be moved in verse 6. He shall not be afraid in verse 7. His heart is fixed. His heart is established. He'll not be afraid. In other words, fear will not move his heart. From, from the fixed uh, 
uh, fixed uh, stand on God's Word. What God said to me. (laughs) Fear wants to move you off of that. Isn't that right? So he said, I shall not be moved. That's a good confession. I will not be moved. I'll not be moved by fear. See, fear wants to get you to back off of some things. It wants to move you back into the, reason, into the realm of where the flesh is comfortable. That's why some Christians never progress. It's because they never get out beyond where their flesh, you know, they're, they're, they, never, they stay in the place where their flesh is always comfortable. I like to always push the envelope. Like financially, I like to just stay out there where it's... <laughs> Amen. Put more zeros on the end of the check. I'll tell you what. Pastor Debbie and I, just this last, this last trip, I mean, we're just giving money this way and this way and this way, and we're like, woohoo! And the fear is saying, stop. And we're, ha, 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 praise God, we're still going. <laughs> just, you got to defy it. Defy it. Defy it. And say, I'm not backing off because of fear. See, I'm getting you awake now, and now you're getting it. Amen. The thing that fear wants to do is move you whenever Jesus said that if you had faith, you'd move mountains. You're the one to be moving things, not them moving you. The devil says, you better do this, you better do that. Now, it's, I, I, we take vitamins and everything, but we don't do it by fear or out of fear. We're not motivated by fear about it. We just do it because it's probably pretty smart. Just get some nutrition. A lot of food today doesn't have as much nutrition as it used to because our soil is depleted. But it's not a fear thing. I'd be just fine without it. But I'm smart. So, so I take him and I go, devil, see, no. not doing it out of fear. You have to watch what's motivating you. A thought can come that, you know, maybe you have a pain and, 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 and then a thought comes to your mind. See, now that's kidney problems or something like kidney stones. Remember your dad always had kidney stones or something like, you know, whatever, <laughs> something. And so really then you go to, people go to rebuking kidney stones. You actually were motivated by fear, weren't you? And didn't even recognize it. See, we're talking about recognizing it. What you should have done is rebuke the fear, not the kidney stones, because it was fear that was talking to you. Amen. So you need to attack the right thing. When it attacks your mind, it comes against you in the spirit realm, so deal with it there. Not deal with the, the uh, thing that it said. Don't, you, you answer the fear, not what it said you have. Amen. Do you get that? So it'll hit you sometimes. Thoughts will hit you. Like a, like a freight train, they'll hit you. But um, a lot of times, if we don't identify it, we'll start uh, answering the wrong thing. We'll answer something else than what it really was. Remember Matthew 6, we read it uh, in the offering, take no thought saying, what are we going to eat or what are we going to drink? Notice that. Notice, um, take no thought saying, and then there's a question that follows that. The reason that uh, sometimes people ask certain questions is because it's fear that brought a thought to them. What are we going to do? Where are we going to get the money? And, And people need to answer the fear that motivated that thought or that brought that thought. You know, a lot of times people are saying, well, it's a money issue. No, it's a fear thing that's really controlling it. Amen. 
So when fear attacks your mind, it's a spirit, and deal with it in that realm. Don't deal with it. See, um, it's not necessarily what Satan is saying that is the real issue. It's what he's trying to do whenever he says that. I made that statement on Sunday. What's he trying to do? He's trying to get you out of the spirit realm, walking by faith, and into the realm of mental, figuring it out, or into the realm of fear. It's not about what he said as much as what he's trying to do by what he said. Get you to try to figure it out and then, oh, what are we going to do? And thinking, thinking, thinking. If you could see some people's brains, their, their, their brains are just buzzing like that all the time. And that's why their faith is so hard for them. That reminded me of my Zebco fishing rod when I was a kid. <laughs> Zebco, hey, they might still be making those things. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Many don't realize that their failure to enter into the spiritual realm and do the work of faith in this arena is where their real failure is really coming from. They'll work 12-hour days out in the hot sun, digging ditches and be proud of how much of a, of a you know, I'm not lazy, look at me. But they keep being defeated over and over and over and over again because they're willing to work in that arena, but they're not willing to work in the arena of casting down imaginations. And that's really what's defeating them is, is letting the imaginations get on the inside of them. Remember on Sunday we said, guard your heart. How does the heart get things on the inside? Through the mind. Thoughts come to the mind. You have to guard the doors out here. Don't let those thoughts in. And so do that work. Be willing to work that realm. But see, you can go out of here and hear what we said and just go back into your routine and not be dealing with this. We're going to stop doing that. Turn to your neighbor and say, we're going to stop doing that. Stop doing that. Hallelujah. Now, Luke 21, 26, you can just write this down. Luke 21, 26 says, in the last days, men's hearts will fail them for fear by looking at all these things that are coming. Now, what does that tell us? That tells us a strategy of the enemy in the days we're living in. This is one of the last day strategies of the enemy. Fear, 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 fear. Now notice men's hearts failing them. I, 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 I don't question the fact that that could be implying uh, even heart attacks, you know, physical heart attacks, physical heart problems. Men's hearts failing them physically. Uh, I'm sure that could be a thing. But really, if you examine a lot of that kind of thing, and I know there's other issues as well, but a lot of, a lot of people start having heart problems. I remember talking to a lady right here one time. She, she's been admitted to the hospital over and over and over and over and over and over again. All it was was anxiety. But they, 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 it was a heart issue. She kept having a heart issue, but all it was was anxiety. I stood right over here and dealt with that thing, and I told her, you don't even have to go to the hospital. And she didn't that night because we showed her what the real issue was. What's amazing to me like that is people, they leave, and then they never come back. See, that's where the real help was. But see, what are we talking about? Don't recognize it. Listen, the devil wants to go unnoticed. Because if he goes unnoticed, he can operate unopposed. That's just the way he wants things. He wants people to be there. We just don't know. Well, see, hey, this is not a, this is not a, uh, a church. This is a sharp church. We identify things. Listen, you and I have to be just as good at identifying the enemy's work as we do identifying the Holy Ghost's work. We've got to learn to identify spiritual things. But uh, notice here in, in Luke, he said, men's hearts failing them. I really know in my heart that the main thing he's talking about here is the spirit of man failing to produce for him like he's supposed to. What, is that, what do I mean produce? Well, the par parable of the sower. 
you know, the word getting in and bringing forth a harvest. We are God's garden. Remember that? And so men's hearts fail to produce for them because of fear. So notice what fear will do. It'll shut down the harvest that you really are supposed to be getting off of the word. I don't understand. I've been coming to Spirit of Faith, hearing the word for all these years, and I'm not getting anything out of it. Well, examine this. Is fear controlling you? Every time you hear the word, and then you say, I'm going to do that, smacks you back, in, in, smacks you back into the comfort zone again. Amen. It shuts down your faith. It causes your faith not to produce for you. So this is a strategy of the enemy in the last days. Now, uh, Proverbs 29, 25 says fear brings a snare. The fear, actually, it says the fear of man brings a snare. But that's true about all kinds of fear. In other words, I, I like the way Kate McVeigh described it to me one time. She said the way God showed her about it was she has, I guess, I haven't talked to her about her dog recently, but she has had a dog. And, of course, you know, you take a dog on a walk. What, that's, what that leash that you're taking that dog on the walk for is to keep it from going beyond where you want it to go. Yeah. You know, you don't want it running up into the neighbor's yard and all that. You just hold it down here. So that's what that leash is all about. And it's, it's, it's uh, keeping that dog from going too far. Yeah. It stops the dog from going too far. That's what she was talking about fear. And she said, God showed her that's what fear is like. It enables you to go so far and then you get jerked back every time. Yeah. I thought, that's exactly, see, I've experienced things like that. You go so far. You see, the more you press into God and into the spirit realm, the more you're going to encounter these things that are, these, you see, these things that are trying to oppose you from going over into that realm because that's the realm of your help. That's where all your supply is. That's where your answers is. That's where you get the plan of God for your life. In your, in your time in the presence of God in the spirit. I don't know if you came ready tonight for, for hearing this. I'm plowing a little bit more than I think I should be. Everybody say, fear brings a snare. Fear brings a snare. It'll, it'll enable you to go so far, and then, boom, that's all the further you can go. Well, it's time to just, 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 just break free from that. Amen. Revelation 21, verse 8. Just write that down. Revelation 21, verse 8. I'll just read that one to you because this wouldn't, unless I read it, you wouldn't believe it's in the Bible. Revelation 21, 8. Um, it says about... And it gives a list of those that shall have their part in the lake that burneth with fire. And here's the list. He said, the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and the murderers and whoremongers. Huh? Whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Whoa! That's not very good company. Well, I'm not as bad as that person. They're a whoremonger. Well, what about the fear you keep? That's just as much yielding to the devil as them. <laughs> keep the car ready, Brother Ike. I'm leaving. That's an amazing verse. Look at your neighbor and say, fear is in pretty bad company there. Now, here's what John 14, 27 says. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Let me ask you a question. If I'm afraid, why? According to that verse, if I'm afraid, if I'm yielding to fear, and I'm not talking about fear coming against me. Right. It comes against all of us. But I mean, if I'm yielding to it, why? Why, why is that? Because I let, I let myself. Oh, oh. In other words, the responsibility is on you and I. If we're afraid, we allowed that to happen. 
Now, it might, have been a, it might have been a consent of ignorance, but yet right on the other hand, maybe we didn't recognize that's what it was, but it was us that allowed that to happen. Yeah. Oh, I just can't help it. I get afraid. Well, according to this verse, Jesus said you could help it. Now, don't argue in your mind against that because your mind will kick that out whenever that's your help right there. We want to put it off on the Lord. Lord, help me or the devil. The devil, he's the one that's always tripping me up. Well, he, yeah, and he uh, had a lot, you, you gave him a lot to work with. Whether it's you or me. Let not your heart be troubled. Amplified says, stop allowing yourselves to be afraid, fearful, and troubled. I mean, somebody, some people that their whole life is just trouble, trouble, trouble. They're always up in the air about something. You know what I mean by up in the air? They never just settle down. And they, they actually think it's their personality whenever it's not. It's, just, it's been so much a part of their life. Fear has been so part of their life for all their life that it's just, it's just uh, fear. Amen. So don't let your heart be troubled. There's a lot we could say there. Amen. Um, there are... There, we're, we're told not to be afraid of people. That includes what people will do if we obey God or step out and obey God. Amen. If I, I've had times in my life, maybe you can identify with me on this, where I've, I just seem to be in my prayer life, I seem to be just not getting answers. Just, just seems like I'm just talking in an empty room, you know. And uh, I have discovered that in my life, and I'm sure it's true about anybody because of the way God works, a lot of times that it's because I'm in anxiety or I'm in fear, and God just doesn't talk in that atmosphere. Does that make sense? It's an atmosphere where He doesn't talk yet. You have to get out of worry and fear many times before you're going to hear God. God leads in peace, not in, ah, ah, God, I need, I need an answer, I need an answer. And it's, you ever going like that for days? Ah, well, I need an answer, I need an answer. It's serious. I need to see. And, until you get out of that, you're not even going to hear. You're not even in the right universe. Because <laughs> he's not in that realm. Can anybody identify with me? You've been there before? Until you get peaceful, because the Bible says that, remember, Elijah was on the mountain and there was an earthquake, and God wasn't in the earthquake, and then there was a, what was it, a, a wind, or was it a fire was the other one or something, and the wind was breaking the rocks, and God wasn't in all that, and then there was a still, small voice, and God was in that. Amen. That's where God is, not in the, ah, ah, what are we going to do? Amen. All the moving and shaking and stuff like that. Amen. You getting anything out of this tonight? Worry and fear are a strategy of the enemy to keep you operating in your mind. And whenever you're all anxious like that, you're in your mind. You're, you're figuring it out, trying to figure it out. And, and that's not the arena that God talks to you. He talks to you in, in your heart. That's what worry and fear is, is all designed to do, is to keep you in the, the mental realm. I know of people that have been locked in that realm for years and, and almost seemingly can't get out. They can get out, but they won't take the steps to get out. Amen. I'm preaching better than you're amen. So God doesn't speak to your mind. He leads you in the realm of, the, of your heart. And he operates in an atmosphere of peace. Hallelujah. So stop turning it over and over in your mind and being anxious and fearful about it. The answer is not up there. 
You ever gone over and over in your mind, what are we going to do, what are we going to do? And months and months you're trying to figure it out. Well, obviously, uh, you ought to get a clue after a while. It's not up there. Like I've said about sending Christine to pull a file out of a filing cabinet. She goes over the file and can't find it. It's not in there, Pastor. I go look again. I say, go look again. We do that. How many of you know if we're still doing that three weeks later? We ought to get a clue somewhere eventually. It's just not in that file. And when we're going over and over and over in our mind trying to figure it out, trying to figure it out, can't figure it out, we ought to get a clue. It's not, the answer's not up here. Amen. Praise be to God. Now, go back over to 1 Kings chapter 17. We won't take a lot longer here tonight. But I want you to see an example of something in 1 Kings 17. We find a story that we're all familiar with about Elijah being sent to Zarephath. And uh, because remember, he was by the brook Cherith, and God was taking care of him, feeding him. You know, the ravens were bringing meat and bread. And then uh, he was drinking out of the water, the river, or the uh, brook, I should say. So he was taking care of him. Then the brook dried up, and God said, I want you to go over, verse 8, go over to Zarephath. I commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. And uh, he arose and went to Zarephath. When he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow woman was there, or the widow woman was there, gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And she said, or as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I'm gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said unto her, notice this. What's the next two words? Fear not. In other words, she said, it's a money issue. I can't do it. And Elijah said, no, you're, you're wrong. You're not identifying the real issue here. It's not a money. It's not, a, it's not that you don't have the money. See, that was said by the Holy Ghost to somebody right here. It's not that you don't have the money. The fear is the real issue. Fear not. He put his finger on what the real issue was. Fear not. Go and do as thou hast said, but make me therefore a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and after make for thee and for thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, you know, uh, he basically prophesied that barrel meal is not going to stop producing. And they ate for many days. Praise God. Now, what is the issue here? She did not identify the real the thing that was keeping her in lack. She thought it was a money issue. And whenever he said, um, bring me a little cake, she said, I have plans for this. I can't do, I, I got plans, I, I need this. I, this is like taking baby food out of my baby's mouth. I can't do that. She thought it was a lack issue whenever actually Elijah said, no, this is not the issue. She said, I can't, or we won't have anything to eat. And Elijah said, that's fear. If you do that, you won't have anything to eat. You have to, (laughs) this is just the way these things are. You have to identify what's really keeping you and controlling you from doing what the Spirit of God is saying. Amen. Have you ever had money you had a plan for, and God said something else about it? And you said, I can't. If you haven't, you haven't been fur yet. 
If you've never dealt with that, then you've never entered into a realm that will bless you like it, nothing will ever bless you, has ever blessed you before. You need to get out of that realm of being controlled. Well, I, I for years didn't believe God would ever even talk to me. I just, it was my money. I, I'll do what I want to with it. Don't, get, don't you bother with me. God, this is mine. That's the way I lived. Finally, one day he said, it's not working out. Your way's not working out very well, is it? And it wasn't. But I had the reins on her because she was always wanting to give something away. And I'm always like, well, we, we can't. You know, the electric bill. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? See, she recognized what it was, but I didn't recognize I was being controlled by fear. But finally, I took the clamps off of her enough for her to start stepping out, and we started seeing miracles. And I'm like, okay, uh, it's not the way I think it works, but... See, I had to let her take the lead because she was the one that was wanting to step out. <clears throat> Keep looking straight ahead, guys. See, I had plans for that money. We can't. We can't. Really, it was all about fear. She thinks she can't do it because she had lack of resources. Elijah said, I'm going to put my finger on what it really is, and here's what it really is. It's really a fear issue. Fear not. He recognized it was fear. Amen. You know why he recognized it? Because he had been there before. Remember whenever he killed all the prophets of Baal? I mean, he's under the anointing, and he's having a showdown, and fire falls from heaven. And as soon as it falls, he's bolder yet, and he takes the sword and cuts prophets of Baal's heads off. Aren't you glad for the New Testament? We don't have prophets coming to church today with swords in their... <laughs> uh, but, uh, Here's the, the issue. He got under that anointing and he got real bold. And then a woman said, I'm going to take your head off by tomorrow. And he got out from under that anointing. He got afraid and ran for his life. Remember that? Finally, he said, wait a minute. In fact, God spoke to him and said, what are you doing over here, Elijah? Remember that? He was running because of fear. And so God arrested him and helped him identify what he was running from. So because he had been there before and identified what it was, now he can tell this lady, uh, uh, I'll tell you what the issue really is. You want to really know what the issue really is? Because I've been there before. I know what you're going through. That's why it's good to hang around people that are beyond where you are because they can help you identify, say that out loud, recognize what it is that's really going on. Amen. How did he recognize it? People don't recognize it unless at some point in their life they themselves have faced it down and whooped it and saw the fruit on the other side of it and said, uh-huh, from now on I know who you are. I know who you are. I will never fall prey to that again because I saw what it was trying to, see, the, the smoke screen it was putting up was trying to hide from me what's on the other side of that fear. Why is he so afraid? Like, like, okay, I'll just identify something. I'll tell you what goes on and comes against me. I'll, I'll put it that way, it comes against me. Whenever the Holy Ghost starts moving, there's a lot of visitors here at church. The, my mind has an attack against it that says, now see, those people aren't going to come back because everybody's running the aisles. What do I do at times like that? I start spurring it on. Come on, Matt, run, man, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Boy, he was quick, wasn't he? <laughs> See,
see, what do you got to do? You got to face that thing and do the opposite of what it tells you to do. It says, calm it down. And, and I say, sing. Listen. The spirit of fear says, pull it down. And the spirit of faith says, you know that song that Dancing Dorothy likes? Tell the team to sing that one. Because <laughs> Dancing Dorothy's going to get out in the aisle. <laughs> you just back it down. Because why does he not like the church to flow in the Holy Ghost? Because people get set free. That's why he doesn't like it. But that sphere smokescreen is trying to keep me from moving out in it. You know, we get relatives that come sometimes, and the thought is, okay, well, tell Leanne, don't, 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 go, don't, don't go there today in the worship team, you know. That's the thought. But what do I do? I just say, hey, I'm not telling them nothing. However the Holy Ghost wants to move. Amen. Besides that, you never know how to touch somebody's life. They, they get in that atmosphere and they never experienced that before. Amen. Why do pastors back off of preaching certain things? You want to know? They back off because of a spirit of fear. I'm not going to let fear tell me what to preach and what not to preach. Well, you talk too much money. If you'd back it off, people wouldn't, you know. Well, that's what's controlling them is fear. Amen. So you've got to let it make your decisions for you. A lot of Christians, fear is making their decisions for them. Well, I won't do that because, you know, well, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll get misunderstood or something like that. Amen. It's not about backing off so that, so that uh, you know, fear... It's not about just backing off. It's, a, it's not a, let's put it this way. It's not about avoiding a hard place. It's not about staying in the easy places. Because there's certain things if you step out in, it's not going to be easy. Because you're going to get persecuted, talked about. You know what I'm talking about? But it's not about just being, e everything having an easy life. Go over to, we'll wrap this up over here in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Look at this. I was sharing this to somebody earlier or some people earlier this week. 2 Corinthians 1 is, a, is an interesting passage of Scripture, and I'm almost done. I'm having a good time. I hope you're enjoying this. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Notice what Paul's, Paul says here. We'll just start in verse 8. For we would not, brethren, have you to be ignorant about our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure and above strength insomuch that we despaired even of life. Uh, but we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in the God, but in God who, or which raiseth the dead. And what he's talking about here is because of his uh, boldness in preaching the gospel, there were a lot of Jews that were just ticked at Paul because he's out there preaching salvation is through grace, through the Lord Jesus Christ, not through keeping the law. And the Jews were mad. They were, they hated him saying that. And they were trying to kill him. They were taking vows and they were not going to eat until he's dead. And they were trying to capture him and they stoned him left him for dead. And I mean, they're just after him all the time. So Paul said, I don't want you to be ignorant about all the trouble we had. He wasn't having trouble because he was just Paul. He was having trouble. In other words, Paul knew why the trouble was coming and he knew, hey, I could just back off of this and not have trouble. I could stop preaching the word and not have all this trouble. 
We in the right room? I'm almost done. I'm having too much fun to quit right now. <laughs> so he's saying, I want you to know we kept pressing. And we hit more trouble the more we pressed. He said, we even got to the place we had to trust God just to stay alive. Remember that time they all got around him and prayed and he was raised up because they saw him and left him for dead? Remember that? He said, that's, what, that's how bad it got. Look at verse number 10. Who delivered us from so great a death? I believe he's probably talking about those times they stoned him and left him for dead. God delivered us from so great a death. Notice that's past tense. Now, why were they stoning him? Why were they mad? Because he was boldly preaching the Lord Jesus is the way to salvation and not through keeping the law. And the religion, in fact, religion is a more, more opposer, more, it has more opposition to the gospel than just sinners out there. So Paul said, this is the reason it came, but God delivered us from that death. Notice he said, and doth deliver us, in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. In other words, Paul's saying, I've gotten in trouble before for preaching this. I'm in trouble right now for preaching it. But I'm not backing off because I'm still going to need to be delivered out of some things. If he backed off, he wouldn't need to say, God's going to deliver me. He could just say, I'll back off and everybody will cool down and say, okay, thank you, Paul, for, being, for, shut, for sitting down and shutting up. You know, everywhere Paul went, he got some R&R. He either had revival or riots. That's what he had. Whatever he, wherever he went, he got R&R. That's the way Paul's ministry was. Revival or riots. That's... So, but he said, look, I know why it's coming, but I'm going to, he said, I'm going to still need deliverance in the future because I'm not backing off. And the thing about faith is it doesn't, it doesn't back off so it can have an easy life. Amen. I'd rather have the joy of obeying God than the ease of a comfortable life, but yet my conscience doesn't sit right with me. Amen. I want to be right on the inside. Not do what's easy so everybody else around me is all, oh, isn't he wonderful? Well, I like to be liked. I'm not on purpose trying to not be liked. Did you understand what I'm talking about? Amen. Amen. I know Leanne down there in her salon, she has Christian music going. I'm sure the devil says, you need to turn that off so, you know, people come in here, they hear that. Now, you know, stuff like that, all that kind of stuff. I mean, have you know what I'm talking about? Some of your Facebook pages, you're afraid. I've looked at some of them. You wouldn't dare share Jesus, but you'll talk about all the mystery novels you like and this movie you like and these shows you like and they're all carnal. Because your carnal friends don't get stirred up about that. I just love you. Everybody say he loves us. But you have to face it. Don't stop doing things because persecution comes. Amen. Amen. I'm not going to let anybody tell me, or let me say it this way, fear tell me what to not preach. Amen? I'm going to keep preaching what the fear keeps telling me not to preach. Because why is fear, why does fear not bother me over here? When I preach this, it's bothering me here. So there's something here. I sometimes go by what the devil doesn't like. Do you know that? Oh, you don't like that. Well, let me do it again. Oh. You don't like when I give big. Okay, I'm going to give it again. Yeah. I found out what the devil don't like, so I keep doing it. So pastors change what they preach because they're bound by fear and not bound in their spirit to the plan of God. Amen. Did you get anything out of this tonight? 
So the very area that Satan is opposing you is an area that you need to press into. If it's finances, start realizing, okay, there's something there he doesn't like. Something there he doesn't want me to see what's on the other side of that. Hallelujah. Well, did you get anything out of this tonight? I just believe we ought to just take some more steps in faith on this area. Let's actually be spirit of faith, family church. Not spirit of fear, family church. Spirit of drawback, spirit of no bold. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. I just think there's a shout in the room. Stand up and give God a shout. If you would like more information about Pastor Jay Everly's ministry, please visit us on the web at soffc.org or call us at 319-366-2147 or you can write to us at Spirit of Faith Family Church, Post Office Box 8355, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, 52408. And remember, God loves you and you're equipped to live victoriously in every area of life.